0: Well, Melissa, welcome to the DN Podcast. Thanks for having me. We're here doing this Kingdom Dialogue, and Sam and I have been having conversations on prayer. You told me something interesting, though, about the podcast. I, and faith, invited you to be on the podcast, and then I found out something interesting. Do you want to tell everybody, or do I need to bring this up?
1: I want to let you tell them.
0: Okay, so uh, you actually haven't listened to one, have you? Not one. Now, in fairness, you listen to Sam and I enough so in some ways, you're always getting the podcast from us. Would I, that be...
1: I'm living in the podcast. You live
0: the podcast, I'm so living, you don't actually need to go listen to it?
1: I don't know. I wouldn't say that. I'm sure they're wonderful. Okay.
0: No, yeah, but just... but I'm glad you can be on today. Yeah, and um, Sam, I and I've, been, yeah, I've been talking about being um, intimate with Jesus in a secret place. And so, yeah, I would love to just talk to you a little bit. Introduce yourself. Um, yeah. Where are you from?
1: Um, I grew up in Louisiana uh lived there all of my life until we moved here about 11 years ago. So you've
0: been here, you're married, tell us who your husband Mary, is.
1: My husband's name is Jeff. We have two kids, Matthew and Anna Joy. He works in city business stuff and I'm yeah. um, just raising two kids here. And Yeah, so yeah. Melissa, Melissa
0: Fleur, she's, yeah, you've been friends with us a few years already. Jeff works like uh, just not even a mile from here, probably does he.
1: Yeah, I can feel his presence. Yeah, he's
0: he's close to us, and so tell us beyond you're a mom, you're a wife, you're all of that. But Melissa, who are you, and who do you uh, who are you called to be with Jesus? How would you articulate that to somebody?
1: Yeah, I think in Christ, I um, am called to prophetic intercession. I pray a lot. I pray a lot for the city. I pray a lot for our nations and ministry and others. And um, it's really a place of intercession. So yeah. I live a lot in the secret place, but I also pray with others.
0: Too. Yeah. And so we talked about a little bit with Sam, that secret place. How would you define the secret place? I'd love to hear how you would say that word secret place. What did you mean when you said that?
1: Yeah, I would just say that um, the secret place is when I'm really uh, communing with Jesus. I'm hidden in Christ, yeah. and I'm in that place where spirit to spirit, deep calling unto deep, we're connected, and I'm really sourcing from Jesus. Okay.
0: Yeah, and so you would you call yourself an intercessor? That's who you are. That's, For sure. For sure. And so what does that mean, that I am an intercessor? That's something, do you do that all day? Do you do that a few hours? And what does that actually look like to
1: yeah, uh, it can be any of those things. Sometimes it is all day. Um, sometimes it's a very strategic time. I have certain times of day that I really like to press in. And so I try to be really faithful to those times. And so, um, yeah, I pray what the Lord puts on my heart. So I think the big shift for me is, and really becoming an intercessor, is learning to listen to the Lord and then pray those things out. Yeah. And that's really important. So there's
0: a partnership, would you say, in your intercession. You don't have just this full list. You're praying things. You're actually dialoguing with the Lord, aren't you?
1: For sure. I list. There's a lot of listening. There's a lot of waiting. And there's a lot of plowing through. And sometimes the Lord does give me something to pray into, and I'll carry it for a season. So... You know, that may take a longer sort of assignment in yeah. prayer where I'm really praying something through. And as I pray, the Lord gives me other things to pray into about a certain situation. So that would be a longer assignment. Yeah. But then there are some things I just pray into. It's one day he puts something on my heart. I pray into it, read scripture over it, whatever scripture is coming to mind, things like that. And then and then I'm done. Yeah. I can lift. So it's really just led by how this, the yeah. Lord is... He's leading me
0: right. That's yeah. good. So I think everybody's called. You would uh, agree with this to be uh, pray, correct?
1: For sure. Yes.
0: But is there something different by somebody that has a prayer life? They're faithful to actually being an intercessor. Do you think? Uh, are we all called to be that, or do you think that's something special the Lord's called you to do and and to be?
1: Sure. Yeah, I think that everyone is called to pray, and I think everyone is an intercessor. But I think that there's also a calling as an intercessor. So. I feel like prayer is my full-time job, you know, and not everybody is called to that. And so that's what I mean by that. And so I know that everyone prays and I would never, I don't think that my prayers are more important. I just think that this is my calling and this is sort of like my job in the spirit where other people talk, you know, or whatever they do in the body of Christ or they serve the Lord in their jobs. Um, in other fields, like my husband in business, you know, that's his calling. That's where the Lord has him. And the Lord has me in this place. And that's yeah. how I look at it.
0: Yeah. And so, I, yeah, Angie and I have been missionaries for 19, 20 years. And these last few were disciple nations. And that's kind of when we started to get to know you. And and certainly, I, I mean, I feel a part of this call to prayer and intercession, but even for Angie, you've felt that calling to pray for us. And we've been grateful for that. And so I'll, I'll say, hey, we need prayer. There's, I'm sure there's times you're just praying generally or as the Lord leads, but I'll say, hey, can you pray about this? And often, yeah, there's been a breakthrough. And I'll think, yeah, I know it's something what I'm doing, but I know it's because you've been praying for that. And maybe even a year later, I think, oh, Melissa's been praying for this. And so I just want to thank you for your intercession. It's powerful. So let's talk about this calling. Yeah. Um, did you always have a, a calling or a desire to pray, Or can you remember the first time really that place of prayer the Lord started inviting you in and you had a desire to pray? When, when did that happen?
1: I feel like even as a young child, I had a desire to pray. And even... Sometimes the prayers would take the form of worship, um, so that prayer and worship combo. I feel like I had that even as a child. Um, even in the tradition that I grew up in, um, we would leave church, and the songs would still yeah. be in my heart. And I can be, I can remember as a child in my playtimes, wow, singing those songs, and my heart was just. For the Lord, even though I didn't know him yet. You know, he was wooing me, and I just feel like there was a grace on me, even as a child. So you can remember
0: that, singing with the Lord, being with him. For sure. And then, yeah, what age did you meet the Lord?
1: Um, I was 15 turning 16, so it's been about 30 years. So about
0: 30 years. And so late teens, did you already, I mean, pray quite a bit? Or was there, uh, yeah, what did that look like? Those first um, years. Oh,
1: well, it was rocky. <laughs> um, I feel like I've grown in prayer for sure. And I've been around a lot of people that have modeled it well. Okay. And I think that's been really key. Um, I grew up in a culture of prayer, okay. spiritually speaking. Yeah. Not, I'm not talking about my family. Um, I mean, in the churches, churches that I was in, there was a culture of prayer. And so that helped shape me. And it helped me... Um, Get in that stream pretty quickly, and so I'm thankful for that because I learned a lot during that time. But I don't think I just got saved and just knew right. how to pray. I've had to grow for sure. But
0: certainly that desire was there. The You're desire around has people. always been there. Yeah, always. and then did you? I, one of the things I've heard you say, really learning to pray the Word was huge. Can you talk a little bit about how that foundation of praying the Scriptures impacted your life?
1: Sure. Yeah. I. From early in my walk with the Lord, um, again, being in a place that was really a culture of prayer that was modeled to me, praying the Word. And so I can remember being in maybe a Bible study, a women's group, something like that, and they would give us um, scriptures to pray, and they would model how to do that, and they would model um, the scripture actually being written out into a prayer form. And so I was able to kind of tap into that early in my time with the Lord, and it did help shift things. Um, as I grew, I mean, I got saved as a teenager, so right. that's different. Yes. But once, you know, I was married and I had kids and I had been around this kind of culture, the prayers really started to dig yeah. deep and come from some deep longings in my heart about our family and the things that, uh, that I wanted to pray into for us.
0: Yeah. So would their Lord even give you a theme or scripture? And then did you actually labor into that scripture like day after day or would it be like I pray that and now I have something else or was there an actual laboring in some of this prayer?
1: Um, There was definitely laboring. I know that I, I can remember back uh, almost 20 years ago when Jeff and I first got married and we had Matthew a couple of years after getting married and I remember pushing him in the stroller. Yeah. And Proverbs three was sort of my chapter that I was okay. praying in that season. Yeah. And I would just go through that chapter over and over on our daily walks, and I would just pray it before the Lord and ask for His wisdom and, you know, that we would um, just honor Him with our first fruits and all the things that, you know, not be wise in our own eyes. I remember saying that over Hmm. and over. And so there was definitely a laboring season with that word, and I carried that with me for several years where I just prayed that kind of as a foundation
0: for our family. Yeah, that's really good. And so then, yeah, that's kind of— There was a season of that, and then Jeff got a job here in Wichita.
1: Yes, he did. We're so
0: grateful (laughs) you're here in Wichita.
1: I'm grateful to be here.
0: Yeah, it's a little different in Wichita than the South, isn't it?
1: It's a culture change, Yeah, what's one
0: thing, well, we'll get right back to it. What's one cultural difference between the South and Wichita that you guys would notice?
1: Um, Well, there's obviously a food difference. Yeah. So that was... um, Interesting, which has great restaurants and great food, but because I have a Cajun background, that's a special Unique food all into its own. And then another thing in Cajun culture that I do really miss is just large gatherings. Everything's a large gathering, and family food, all of it, right? And all of those things. And um, and so large family gatherings, lots of friends, and just that open door kind of yeah. social interaction
0: yeah, and is so, a lot. Yeah, so not only those, there's a culture change, but then there are some big things that happen in your family. You were plucked out of a community. You guys had this amazing community. Suddenly you're in Wichita. It's just your family. your immediate. No, nobody else. And then you adopted Man uh, of Joy. Right. And so talk about that journey. That was really as I think, I've heard you talk, that was where the Lord took you in a deep place. I'd love to just hear you share a little bit <coughs> about Aunt Joy, what that was yeah. like those first years, whatever you want to share in that.
1: I would say that before we moved to Wichita, we were in a real season of growth um, in our church family. It was just a special time. We we had a great mentor. Um, Jeff and I were doing a lot. And I would say for me personally, um, I was operating in my gifts a lot, but I wasn't as intimate with the Lord Mm. as what I know to be now. And so that's been a process of growth for me. And so I remember before we moved here very distinctly, our church had an outreach where um, it was a mobile uh, medical mission type thing, and so we went out as the prayer team.
0: Yeah,
1: and we would pray for the patients either before they got treatment or after. And so I remember sitting with one lady, and I was praying, and um, I knew when I was praying. I mean, I knew that I was not. My heart was not in it. Okay. So. I pray. I know that my heart's not in it. And she looks up at me with the sweetest expression. <laughs> and she said, I mean, it was sugary sweet. And she says, You pray the sweetest prayers, or the prettiest prayers. She said, You pray the prettiest prayers. And it was like a sword of, conviction a little bit of a dagger there. right into my heart so deeply that, you know, I just faked it. It was like yeah. I knew how to operate in my gifts, I knew how to say these things. And yet, <clears throat> excuse me the love was not there yeah,
0: yeah <clears throat> that love and and love and maybe some authority with Jesus connection right maybe yeah, they she connect, didn't all of it.
1: it was all of it yes and and the Lord uses us in our gifts and when I look back at that season I don't feel condemnation or shame Jesus sure. doesn't do that to me um I just look at it as hey you've got to grow out of this yeah. it, that season is over and we're going into a new season. So that
0: was the Wichita season coming here. And then, so right? when
1: we moved to Wichita, that became a definitely a new season. And so we left our church. That was this nice, comfy yeah. little nest, is the way yeah. I like to describe yeah. it. We left our family, which was hard. Um, and so we came here. We didn't know anyone. We only had each other. And all the things that I relied on were gone.
0: We're completely gone. Stripped away.
1: Yes. And so then we transition into our adoption and we bring Anna Joy home. And so now now I've lost all of my support system other than Jesus. And um, I've got a very broken, very scared daughter. Husband's
0: working lots of hours, right? He's
1: working a lot of hours. Um, Yeah, Matthew is is going to school, but then at the same time feeling the tension in the house. And so our whole world has been turned upside down. And I am just scrambling. Like, what are we going to do here? We're sinking. Like, I know the ship is sinking. Yeah. Even though I've gone through all those other seasons, I had in that other time lots of support. Yeah. And so it was again that comfy nest for me. And so I do. I know that when the Lord moved us here, He plucked us right out of that nest, and yeah. He said, "That's over." And so it had to get very real with Jesus.
0: So it got real. Was there any key moments in that season that he say anything to you or, or you're praying? I'd love to hear just kind of a marker. Was there anything that happened then? Yeah,
1: there was definitely a marker. Um, yeah, I just remember crying out to the Lord in desperation that um, we were broken and we needed him and I was desperate. And so I did that many days, but there was one night in particular hmm. I was rocking Anna Joy um, before I would put her to bed at night. I always rocked her. And so it's just her and I, and I'm rocking her and I'm praying. And I did that a lot, just praying, you know, as I was putting her to bed. And I just was kind of at my wits end that night. And I remember saying to the Lord, you have to fix this. You have to deliver us from this. I'm desperate. You have to come through and you have to fix this. And that was sort of the position of my heart in the moment is that I really wanted him to fix it. And... It was the closest to an audible voice I've ever had with the Lord. It wasn't an audible voice, but it felt so strongly, the conviction in my heart, when He spoke back to me. I have not forgotten it, and it really shifted the course of my heart for the past 10 years. And so the Lord said, no.
0: He said, I'm not going to fix it.
1: I'm not going to fix it. You're going to learn how to press in through this. You're going to learn how to... Um, minister to your daughter through this there was so much that i was going to learn through it but the big resounding word that i heard was no i'm not going to fix it
0: so there's this verse we love to say i can do all things you know we say through christ who gives me strength right (laughs) there's a, a word through christ so what was that what was going on the through christ how does that speak to this season and speak a little bit of that verse
1: yeah, I, that verse has become really uh, special to me because I've learned that going through Christ is really taking up my cross. It's really learning how to go through Him and not around or in my own strength, not to operate um, as Melissa, but to learn how to operate as Melissa hidden in Christ. And so that's just been a key transition. And... Um, Finding my strength in him, being in the secret place, being hidden, learning how to abide. All of those kind of tri- trickle down effects yeah. have come from that one moment of the Lord saying no to me, which yeah. is not something you want to hear. And yet I look back on it and I think that was the best gift he could have ever given me right. because I stopped praying, fix it, yeah, give me your strength, give me this, give me that to Jesus, I want you. And
0: yeah. that was
1: the huge transition. Yeah. I learned how to want Jesus. I
0: bet there's people listening that are in hard situations even now, right? Don't you yeah. think that people, and, and we do, we want, uh, we're in an instant culture. Yeah. I want to go to McDonald's now and get the Big Mac. I don't want to wait. I want an instant burger. I don't have right. to, this process of, right. of um, waiting. I want something now. We're programmed by fast food culture, programmed by Walmart. Everything's instant to us. Right. And so we want the Lord to be instant, don't we? Right. For and sure. he doesn't work that way.
1: No, he loves the process. He loves the
0: process. And those are, we know that's all throughout the scripture, right? He makes people yeah. wait.
1: Yeah. He leads us on paths of righteousness. He doesn't snap us into yeah. righteousness. And so um, the journey on that path is um, slow at times. It can be very quiet, it can be very painful. But what the Lord's doing is tilling the soil of our hearts. Yeah. And he's really uprooting some things. Uh, unlearning, we're yeah. unlearning and we're getting to know Jesus. And then he's digging in our hearts at the same time. And so that's the work of the secret place yeah. is I'm going to put it all at Jesus's feet and he's going to dig up
0: all, yeah. all of my junk.
1: Yeah. But in replacement of that junk, as I just lay it, yes. keep laying it and keep laying it, I'm going to get more of Jesus. And get
0: more of the Lord's heart. So how, was there a, yeah, so you get this word, it kind of shifts your focus. Was there a season of laboring and you're like, I'm still sinking here? Can you remember a moment where like, wow, I'm getting a little traction with the Lord, traction in my own heart as I pray? Did that take a while? Like, where it's like, wow, I'm still sinking here, Lord. And it's like, I know, but I'm with you. But do you remember that kind of gaining some traction?
1: Yeah, I feel like what the Lord really started to wake me up with is... Um, he gave me an invitation
0: okay.
1: out of Song of Solomon, chapter two. He said, come yeah, away. Come away. And I heard that as I was... Um, I just started reading in that chapter a little bit. I was starting to read the book, and I got to that verse, come away. And it was just like... Um, yeah, it jumped off the page, and it was like a lightning bolt in my heart. And it was just... It grabbed me. It mm. grabbed me with conviction. And I knew that the Lord was saying, come away. And for me, that was... Letting go of all my distractions. Okay. Letting go of busyness. Yeah. I didn't even care if the Lord was using me. You yeah. know, like ministry, mission all that stripped away. Stripped away, and it was okay because I really wanted to go after hmm. Jesus as my portion and grow into that relationship. You know, like we get saved and we all have the seed of Christ but I wanted to grow into that and really behold Jesus and really set my gaze on Him. And it takes time, this is what I've learned, time, intentionality, devotion, to really get to that place. And so, yeah, there's just a lot of maybe quiet days where you sit and you don't feel like anything's happening. And that's a place of faith, but I know, I've come to know that in those times, Jesus is tilling something up and bringing something to the surface or doing a work that maybe I don't see, but I have to accept in faith that he's doing it. Yeah. And then as I keep going, I realize, oh, that's what you were doing back there. I couldn't see it in the moment, but now I can see.
0: So there's big trust, isn't there, in prayer?
1: Yeah, and it takes time to grow fruit.
0: Yeah, it sure does. It doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, and sometimes it's amazing. I had a prayer yesterday. We were praying about something. The Lord actually answered within the hour a request. Right. So there's times where the Lord's present and we see that. But I think what we're talking about, these issues of our heart growing to be a man and a woman of God, um beholding the the lord it's a lifelong process isn't it
1: for sure and growing in intimacy with jesus so like when the bible talks about the length and width and depth and height of his love i mean that's eternal that's never going to end and so i get to enjoy pursuing jesus for the rest of my life okay i'm not going to reach the end
0: so the lord at some point shifts you so obviously you pray for anna joy you pray for matt your family but when did you start really saying um Um, Yeah, the Lord inviting you to pray for things for the city, connecting with missionaries, ministries. When did that take place?
1: So I had a season, like I said, of just laying everything down and just going after being intimate with Christ and learning what that looks like and developing that relationship to where I wasn't um, so dependent on someone building a nest for me to come and rest in. And I learned how to rest in Christ. And so after that— or. In the process of that season and learning how to practice that resting in Christ, then he started inviting me into things like praying for you and Angie or praying for um, maybe the church that I was attending at that time. That was a big shift for me too. really learning how to, um, I would say, intercede on a more corporate level or um, for a bigger vision came in the place of praying for the church that I was attending. attending at that season. So
0: would you ever, have you ever had an experience where you've prayed something at home and you see it kind of bear fruit? Yeah. How's that feel in your heart? It's It's exciting.
1: It's exciting. I'm, yeah, it's really exciting to see the fruit. Anyone who steps into a calling or a ministry that the Lord's given you and you see any sort of fruit, you don't take credit for it, but it's exciting to to know that you're partnering with Jesus and you're praying according to his will yeah. um, or you're speaking or you're ministering or you're loving someone according to his heart. Right. That's exciting. Yeah. And that's what we were made for.
0: Yeah. It's you know? really fun to hear this journey. So a couple of questions we'll wrap up here. What's your heart for Wichita? As you pray for Wichita, what do you want to see God do in this city?
1: Um, yeah, I feel like Wichita is has a voice. They have a voice for the Lord. I feel like it's a place of prayer and a place of worship. Um, And I feel like as I've prayed for Wichita, there's a, um, especially when we first came here, there was a sense of, wow, this place doesn't know how great it is. And I think we're waking up to that. And I see relationships being built and the the growth in the church, the growth in the community. And that's really exciting. And I see people beginning to believe that, wow, there is a destiny for yeah. this place. And maybe we've kind of, um, yeah, just kind of lessened or allowed that expectation yeah. to be lessened. And so we can dream bigger. And I just love the idea of dreaming bigger with Jesus That's for fun. what his heart is. Yeah, so, so praying
0: big prayers and just believe in God for that, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah,
0: say last about the heart. You've often have heard you talk about we're the heart of the nation. And so how do you see, yeah, maybe the destiny, not just of Wichita, but of Kansas being the heart and, and what that would do if God yeah. was to really wake us up in a, in a deep way, what would that be like?
1: Yeah. How can so, you see
0: that playing out?
1: Um, yeah, I see it playing out that the heart needs to be on fire. You know, okay. like our heart burning within us. And then that's just a domino effect as that sort of blood pumps mm-hmm. out and goes throughout the whole body, you know, throughout the lands, through missionaries, through all of the things that I know people are partnering in, then that spreads. Yeah. And so to me, it's it's the spreading of that yeah. and really the spreading of the gospel, you know, I mean, sure. to carry Jesus so deeply and yeah. then let that thing spread. That's awesome. Yeah. It's
0: really good. That's Any awesome. key scriptures you're praying into right now in this season? Anything on your
1: Um, I am praying into Psalm 9, verse 9, and it says that the Lord is our stronghold, which is a little bit kind of what we're talking about. Um, Yeah, so when the Lord is my stronghold, then I'm operating in his truth, Hmm. and it's shaping me, shaping the way I think about things, and it's also shaping the way I act, it's shaping my behavior based on that. And so it begins this momentum in the spirit. And it really transforms.
0: That's awesome. Okay, so if somebody's listening or they're watching on YouTube, they're um, and they were discouraged right now. They feel like they've um, in that place. The Lord's not fixing it. Yeah. Um, What would you tell them right now? What would you say? Hey, how would if they were meeting with you, say Melissa? How did you get through it? What do I need? Like they're just yeah feeling that desperation. I'd love for you just encourage anybody right now into that place. How would you do that?
1: Mm -hmm. I would say keep your eyes on Jesus, because He really is the prize, and He really does all the work. Hmm. You know, we just respond with a yes, and then He's the one, the Holy Spirit working in us, um, does all the work. I didn't do anything to get to this place or to grow. You know, I mean, it's a process. I'm not finished growing, but I also didn't do anything as far as to make the growth happen. I just abided, and the fruit comes from that, because Jesus is the vine, and He's good. so just hang on I mean I've said that to people lots of times just hang on just hang on just hang on to Jesus keep going back don't give up and um, the Lord is faithful he's really faithful
0: yeah, awesome. Thanks. So fun visiting with you. Yeah. I'm going to have you pray about that That word, hang on a little bit. And um, why don't you just pray for anybody that, yeah, just needs some encouragement. We believe as people are listening, they're going to be encouraged. But we just, yeah, we believe in the power of prayer even here right, right now that someone's going to listen and they need to be encouraged. So you want to pray for that? Sure.
1: So Lord, I do pray for those that are in that place of struggle. I pray that they would not resist you but I pray that they would learn to cling to you, that they would hold on to you, Jesus, as their source of life, and all that is good and pure and true is found in you, Jesus. I pray that they would feel encouraged by this testimony, but they would also know that you are not a respecter of persons, so what you've done in any other person, as far as drawing near, being our strength and our refuge you'll do for all of us because that's who you are jesus it's just your nature and so we don't have to earn or strive for your favor you love to look upon us with your countenance so i ask for encouragement for them lord just like you encouraged me i pray that you would encourage them as well jesus's name
0: Yeah, just as you're praying. I just heard those words burned out or discouraged. That specifically the Lord wants to bring hope to anybody that's burned out, discouraged. And so we just yeah bless you if you're listening. So thanks Melissa. Yeah. Maybe have you back on. Would you do this again? Maybe. All right, we'll see. You'd have to listen to couple up. No.
1: I'll listen. Okay. I will. I'm gonna listen. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks.